Grace 412 podcast listeners, welcome back to another season and another semester. We hope that this year will be our best one yet. We are excited about what it is that we're going to study together in God's Word. We're excited to learn and grow together. And so whether you're a student that just wants to double back on some of the stuff that we've studied in our lessons, or whether you're a parent that wants to hear about what it is that uh, your students are learning, or whether you're just somebody that wants to listen to this podcast as a supplemental thing to to encourage you in your faith or in your walk with Jesus. We hope that this will be uh, helpful and engaging content. Um, it's the new year, it's the new semester, and a lot of us four or five days in have already failed at some of our resolutions. A lot of us have already probably felt a little discouraged. A lot of us have already felt probably a little distracted. And that's ironic because this is a time of year when a lot of us have goals, a lot of us have ambition, a lot of us have ideas, and our beliefs impact our behavior. See, a lot of us have this idea, we have this goal, we have this vision of, okay, if I do these things, I'll become this person. But the reality is actually, uh, Proverbs 23, 7 says, a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, it's actually our thoughts that uh, push us toward action. It's our beliefs that push us toward motion. It's it's our identity that shapes our behavior. And so this semester, um, this week, we are starting a new series that we're calling, What Are You Thinking? We want to peel back the layers of the onions that that are our thoughts. We want to to really identify what is it that we think when we think about God, what is it we think about ourselves? What is it we think about others? What is it we think about our circumstances? See, who we are will largely be shaped by what we think. And so that's what this next series is all about. We'll be looking at uh, different parts of Colossians to deep dive into this study. But today we're actually going to just talk about one important one, and that is what do you think about God? A.W. Tozer said, what a person thinks about when they think about God is the most important thing about that person. And so tonight we ask that question, what do you think when you think about God? But we, we can't really give a, a, a lesson that just gives the answer. It's, it's what you think. It's only you that can give the answer to that. So instead, what we're going to do is look at Colossians 1, and we're going to see some of the things that we should think when we think about uh, about God. And so Colossians chapter 1 in verse 12 it says this giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. And so we come back uh to what we ended last year talking about come back to this heart of thanksgiving. We, we, we're going to revisit these verses 12 through 14 at the end of this talk, but, but we lay the foundation here recognizing something. And that's if you think about God with a spirit of entitlement rather than thanksgiving, that's a problem. If you think about God with a spirit of selfishness instead of thanksgiving, that's a problem. He says in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. 
we're going to come back to this, but he goes on in verse 15. He says, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? He's talking about Jesus now. He says, verse 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they're thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. So he's talking about Jesus and he says, Jesus is the image of God. Jesus is God in the flesh. We're also going to come back to that, but something first that we should think about when we think about God is shown in these verses, and that's everything exists because of God. Verse 16 says, by him were all things created. And then verse 17 says, he is before all things and in him all things exist or all things hold together. And this is important because what you think about when you think about God is one of the most important things about you, right? And if that's the case, how often do you remind yourself that God is in control of all things? How often do you remind yourself that he is creator and sustainer of all things? That he is before all things and in him all things hold together. That everything exists because of God. See in verse 12 he says, give thanks to God. He sent Jesus. He's, he's in control of it all. And we get, we get all up in our thoughts sometimes. We think, God, my life is so messed up. My life is so broken. Or even on a grander scale, God, this world is a mess right now. This world is a disaster. And it seems like it's only getting worse. But it's an encouraging thought to recognize God saying back, I know, I made it. I'm in control of it. I'm sustaining it. One of the ways for us to recalibrate our thoughts is to remind ourselves even as, as the simple children's song goes, he's got the whole world in his hands, right? So a lot of us, we think about that truth and we go, so he can fix it. Why doesn't he? Like, my life is broken. My life is messed up. This world is broken. This world is messed up. Why doesn't he fix it? We go back to Colossians 1 and verse 16, and at the bottom it says, all things were created by him and for him. So thought two for us to remember, and then we're going to unpack why doesn't he fix this broken world. Thought number two is this, everything exists for the glory of God. So everything exists because of God, and everything exists for the glory of God. So you say, why doesn't he fix it? Well, it's his world, and it's his glory at stake. Psalm 115.3 says, God is in the heavens, and he does what he pleases. And somebody once said, I think it was Francis Chan said, you know, God created this universe. And so it's sort of his to decide what he wants to do with it. And they said, if you don't like it, then make your own universe. And then you can do whatever you want with it. See, it's, it's important for us to recognize when we go, oh God, this world that you created is broken. If you can fix it, why don't you? It's, it's important for us to remember that it's our sin that messed the world up. It's, it's our brokenness that continues to break the world. It's the brokenness of the world is a product of our sin, not of God's negligence, right? And so we have this finite understanding of God's plans and God's purposes and God's ways. That's why studying scripture is so helpful. That's why studying scripture is so important because it's there that we see things like Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, where he says, hey, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your thoughts. My, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. See, God's glory is what's at stake. He created everything. He controls everything. He sustains everything. 
And so it's it's his name, right, that's at stake. And he said he's going to use all of this for his ultimate perfect purpose. And so we trust him with that. Everything exists because of God and everything exists for the glory of God. Verse 16, all things were created by him and for him. He goes on to explain how he's going to make all this work. In verse 18, he says, and he, Jesus still, Jesus is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that is that in all things he might have preeminence or first place. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And so it says, it pleased the Father for Christ to bear his fullness. Jesus came, the perfect image of God. He embodied all the power over all things, both in heaven and earth. He, he, he displayed his power over creation, right? As he, as he performed miracles, as he did things no one else could do, and then as he eventually even conquered death and hell, and he did this to reconcile creation, to fix creation, to restore it, and to make it right. He, he was beyond us, and he came to us. See, this is the reality. We were not going to come to him. Creation was not going to fix itself. We were not going to redeem ourselves. Truth number three about God is he was always far beyond our reach. See, we, we have to recognize we could not and cannot get to God on our own. He is far beyond us. His ways are higher. His thoughts are better. He is creator and he is sustainer. We, we are the, the kid that broke down the thing that we were given. We are the, the kid that destroyed what we were given, right? That, that, that broke his creation. You say, I guess it's a comforting thought to know that God's in control, but that sort of play, plays him off as this, this cold, this distant, powerful being, right? Just this creator. But there's something else we see in Colossians chapter 1, especially in verses 18, moving down even to 21, 22. Like as you move down, you see something else comfortable. Yes, he has always been beyond our reach, but there's something else that's comforting, and that's that we are never far beyond his reach. Yes, his ways are higher. Yes, his thoughts are higher. Yes, we uh, are broken. Yes, we are hopeless and helpless. Yes, he is far beyond our reach. And yes, he does what he pleases. But it pleased the Father to send Jesus. It said it pleased him to have all his fullness dwell in human form in this person of Jesus. And then it says it pleased the Father for him to come to us. It says Isaiah 53 that it pleased the Father to crush the Son. What? To, for It pleased God to punish Jesus. Why? Colossians 1.21, it says, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. Look, God does what he wants and when he wants for his glory. And he has chosen to redeem all of creation and us along with it. He pulled us close. He made us a part of his family. God is the initiator. He came to us. He restored us. He rescued us. He redeemed us. And that's why now you go back and you look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, and it says, We give thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. It's in Jesus that we have forgiveness and redemption and relationship. God is not some 
creator who has failed at his job and has given up on his creation. And he's not some distant father who just wants to punish his children. He's not some distant creator that just wants to destroy his broken creation. No, he is a perfect picture of justice and mercy, of holiness and grace, of truth and love. He showed every attribute in the person of Jesus. So what do you think about when you think about God? You should think about Jesus. Colossians 1.15, it said it, he, he is the image of God. He is God in the flesh. And so we've said it before, you study the life of Christ and you'll know the heart of God. And as we go into this series, as we go into this new year, what would it change about our lives if, if our goal was just that we could be more like Jesus? What would it change in our lives if, if our goal was just that we would better know Jesus? that we would better show Jesus. And so next week, we're going to jump into this a little bit more in detail as we talk about what do you think about when you think about yourself. See, most of us either think about ourselves um, way too lowly or way too high. Most of us have either a ton of pride or we have uh, absolutely no confidence in who God has made us to be. And so we're going to make this statement, and then we're going to unpack it next week. Compared to God's holiness, we are far more helpless than we realize. But because of God's mercy, we are far more useful than we realize. Compared to God's holiness, we are far more helpless than we realize. But because of God's mercy, we are far more useful than we realize. That's a cliffhanger intentionally. There's a lot to unpack about that statement, and we're going to look at that and what it means in the context of Colossians 1 and 2 next week. Hopefully we'll see you guys there.